welcome to another episode of Triumph and Tierras. I am your hostess, Suzanne Proxa, business strategist and coach for female entrepreneurs who are purpose-driven and looking to make a major impact in the world. This podcast is my passion and is intended to showcase women who have overcome obstacles to hopefully inspire and empower all of you to do the same. And now on with the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Triumph and Tierras. Today, I am here with Otakara, and she has an amazing story uh, from her childhood dealing with uh, health problems and illness and that kind of thing. She is also a published author, and so we are going to also talk about that. So welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So excited to have you. So let's dive right into why people are here and listening today, and that is to hear about your story. Um, hi, thank you. So um, I would have to go with my story all the way back, back, back to my early childhood when uh, it's just like, it, it didn't seem like pretty much right from the start when I was a child, when I was just like two years old, between year and a half and two, um, it started with me having multiple pneumonias and I guess I almost died based to what my parents say, um, said. And then it kind of rolled into all kinds of health issues from the, the lungs, anything that has anything with respiratory system seemed to not work well, like bajillion of allergies when I was in a fifth grade. Um, my liver uh, started malfunctioning. So I, I had some liver disorder, which um, caused that I had to go on extremely strict diet that I was not able to have anything that contained any kind of fat or oil in it, which Sounds almost easy, but if you actually can literally start throwing up after like even microscopic level of uh, oil or fat, and I would start throwing up to the point that I would start fainting from it. And that became like to do, that it became so extreme that there was like very little meals I was able to eat. So, um, as a child, I could not get myself tired. And because of the liver functioning, I had to eat reasonably often and I had to have uh, glucose, sugar, otherwise the liver wouldn't work. And if I got too tired, I would have issues. And, and if, you know, and because of my allergies, I could not do pretty much. That was a good thing. I could not do much of a housework because I was allergic to dust and, and things like that. So um, I was a lazy child. I got to admit that or allowed to be a lazy child. So there was a benefit to it. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, it's kind of like my childhood was spent. It felt like pretty much mostly ill because of one thing or the other. And um, I was lucky enough that I was able to keep up with school pretty easily. So it didn't really bother me on that level. And um, it had a 
other benefit that I was able to read a tons of books because I was always confined at home in bed and um, I grew up in Czech Republic and that was really at a time when I was a little girl there was really nothing on TV until I was 13 I was under it was still under communism so um, I read and read and read and read tons and tons of books but none or less I was growing up like not allowed to do pretty much any sport being part of anything and because of that I also didn't have a chance to develop like social life at school because I was there so little um, I pretty much didn't have any like proper friends at school um, I was not good at anything that was like any kind of sports related like like level like throwing a ball was a huge issue because I never really had a chance to practice that um, so I was always like the last one of doing even any kind of any kind of games that were simple and so I was growing up um, kind of not doing much that I was able to and and on top dealing with constant travels to the doctors and somebody poking some needles in me and testing me and and not being able to eat and so I was always in these hands of like either my parents or the doctors and uh, once I hit teenage years um I was sent to a boarding school and a preparatory boarding school and uh, and uh, the health this kind of got me out of the, the direct um, supervision of the parents and the doctors were kind of like more on me that I had to go visit. So I had like a little more room to rebel, I would say. And at that time, at that time, I started to dance, which was something I always wanted to do, but everybody was always afraid that I get too tired and that would cause issues to happen. And so, uh, and because I was in a boarding school, I was able to kind of like practice on my own. And uh, so I started to push these limits a little, which was not, you know, I would definitely push them as a kid. I was, I would push them to the point that I was borderline making myself sick. And sometimes I did, but what it gave me, it gave me this glimpse into like what was possible and something that I was doing that was happy. And so as I was growing up and going through these teenage years, um, I wanted to travel. That was the other thing. And I really, really wanted to travel a lot. And I wanted to go abroad. And this was my high school. I entered high school when the communism ended and the borders opened up. So um, I lived in that in the 90s. There was 90s. And in that era, um, there was this whole energy in Europe to... Um, of this new allowed like freedom of movement and I really wanted to do it but um, for many reasons this was really hard for me and so when I hit 18 I got myself a passport and I started traveling usually I like would went somewhere and then I came back and I told my parents I like left I would not even tell them when I was leaving and uh, and I just needed I truly needed my body not to give up on me because you don't want some issues if you're somewhere traveling abroad, especially if you were a young student and you don't really have the money to 
deal with anything if you had, uh, you know, if should something have happened. And so I had to find this path with my body and find a communication within myself to be able to understand. And I started to not to look to doctors, what they were telling me, but started to really go inward into how I truly felt within myself. And as easy as it sounds, I realized it's something that um, is within every one of us, that each of us have our own self-healing mechanism and our own bodies, they really want to talk to us and they really want to tell us how they want to be treated and how you should treat them, you know, how you should treat your own body. And, and looking into within myself and being able to listen to my body, I was able to, I started to be able to navigate myself through this path and eventually get myself healthy and eventually become, you know, I later become even a personal trainer at the gym and I would travel and, and I started really working out. I never got into like sports because I still really suck at being anything that required to have a partner at a sport, but I was able to, you know, to, to work out and do fitness and I was able to go and I traveled within my, in my twenties, I traveled you know, to, I don't know, 20, 30 countries. And, uh, and uh, I did just fine. And I did just fine. And then I just realized, like, if, if we as a people really stop asking someone else or allowing someone else, and I'm not saying to look for an advice to a doctor if something happens to you, like, uh, you know, God forbid, I will definitely say, like, consult someone you need to consult but the, the thing was to me what I realized was that oftentimes we look somewhere else first where first the body is trying to tell us something and we should always first listen to the body and then with that information we can ask somewhere else for help whether it's a doctor or whether it's a, you know it can be a shaman, it can be a guru, it can be fitness coach, it can be anyone, it can be dietitian. Um, but the very first place, the very first place that has the best answer or had the best answer for me and that put me on a path to become healthy was actually within myself, was my own body. So uh, that would be in a nutshell <laughs> the, the story. So first question for you, just having been through, we, you know, we talked before we got on the podcast about some similarities in our experiences. And I'm wondering, um, you know, how did you deal with um, any effects that being sick like that had on your, your mental health? I mean, I know for me, I had a great deal of depression and anxiety and things like that. Did you deal with any of that? When I was a child, you know, when I was a child at a young age, um, these things are different. So as a child, you first kind of take, like, because I grew up as since I was like pretty much a baby or a toddler out of it. So as a child, it was like first was kind of being in the mercy of someone else. Then once I was a teenager, it was more of the rebellious point that I just did not like. Um, 
did not like to be um, where I was. So it, it actually was driving me at that time. But the thing was that like, as I aged further and like I traveled and eventually I moved, I moved, I lived in other countries and eventually moved to the United States and I got married in the United States. And um, five years later, I had my daughter and I stayed home with my daughter. And so then the actually, it was not really the health, but the issues at that time, my health was pretty good I could not I could not really complain about anything with my health was my childhood was almost like a fairy tale story because my body was doing absolutely amazing but there was a thing that like really dropped me down mentally was just this whole new lifestyle that before I was you know I, I finally broke free of being bound down to being able to travel to meet new people and to do things. And then um, I moved here and, uh, you know, stayed home. And being a foreigner, I did not have a chance to develop many friends and being a foreigner and the mom with a young baby at home. Uh, it's not really a place where you create much of a social structure around yourself because well, the moms with the little babies don't really have much. So that was really, really tough time. And that actually was a kind of, it was not really my health, but it was a kind of the whole circumstantial situation I found myself in that got me in the place that started to be like a, you know, deep, the deep place of my mind where I was not happy and that started to um, cause some later on like few like years into it like once I was years into it uh, it definitely started to cause some depression and the time that was not fun and it was very hard it was very hard to get to some better place and that in itself started to like have this ill effect on my body again. And it was more of like my mental state that started to making my body feel weak. But the good thing was at that point, like, and like I said, this actually took a long time um, to, to go down that path. And it was like years into this really living in a sort of isolation um, like I said, it was not really like pointing fingers or on anyone. I did have a husband who was working a lot. So we really didn't have a chance to, because he was trying to support our family. So we really didn't see each other all day long. And I was all day long with the baby in a, in a place, like I said, when I was a foreigner and with the baby surrounded by nobody who had any other kids around me and not having any family, not having any friends that would come from me here and all my friends were like nine hours time difference apart and and uh, so it was that in itself was kind of challenging uh, circumstances and I think it takes a person in order for one to go back up you need to really reach the bottom and you need to reach the bottom to the point that you are so much on a bottom that you can touch it that you can touch it and use it to like push yourself upward and so I think it took that to that point when I was a, when I really reached that 
that bottom that I was not feeling um, it's not even like the happiness it's just the feeling of lethargy where you just like feeling that it's it's a chore to survive a day from morning to evening and then when the evening you're just happy like okay I'm going to bed and now I'm gonna sleep and you wake up in the morning and go like oh my goodness I have to face this whole day again I can wait till it's gonna be the evening and uh and that like started, I could just feel on my body, it just was taking its toll. It was like weakening it in its essence. And because I had like, like one of the things that I had this relationship with my body and I was feeling this mental, you know, that my brain was just fogging up. My brain just did not want to work. I did not feel... Um, clarity in my mind anymore nor the will was there and so I just kind of like reach within my own body and within the meditation and everything and try to have my body to actually support and my brain like so it was a kind of opposite that a lot of people they like use the you, you can use your mind to work with your body and I did that at some point in my life and earlier point in my life. And this time it was more of like just having my body reach back up to my brain and just like lift up the brain and lift up my thoughts. And because I didn't really have anyone else to do it for me or like help me or, or to do it in any other way. And so um, when I was um, about 39 and a half, I decided I will write a book about this, about my body and about the journey I had the health journey I had in my life. And so for my 40th birthday, um, I wrote the Hear Your Body Whisper, How to Unlock Your Self-Healing Mechanism book. And um, I was incredibly blessed that the book itself resonated with uh, so many people and, and became an international bestseller. And now um, it's translated into... Russian book bought by a Russian publisher and I were and Minu and since then I wrote other books so um, I was just lucky to get on that and I the other thing was that I found myself that something that I, I always loved I always loved reading like I said when I was a child and I loved the books and so I always wanted to write I just never felt um, I never felt good enough at English to be able to write in English and I was living, and by that time I was living in the United States for a lot of years. And, uh, and so I was here with like 14 years. So I didn't feel like writing in Czech was anymore an option because I was too distant from my own language anymore. But I just didn't feel good enough in English. And so um, it kind of took, it kind of took that moment of my life when I just had to, I, I call it, I gave myself a permission to suck. And I just wrote a, that's my own true term. <laughs> it's my true term today. It's like I gave myself a permission to suck. And I was like, I will write this book. I'm not writing it to, for anyone really. I'm just writing it kind of for myself. And it's my own birthday present for my own thing. And if it's going to, if it's going to be just a failure, it's going to be a failure. It doesn't matter. But like I needed something creative to come out of me. And books were a huge part of my life whenever I was not doing well. Um, my whole childhood books were the one thing that got me through it that like gave me something else so I wrote my uh, wrote my book and um, 
I think I found my, uh, you know, found myself there and found myself as an author and in writing and something that I love doing ever since. And it's changed my life. It's completely changed my life. And so I'm happy to say that like I'm health-wise in a much better condition than I was um, when I was half my age. And mentally, I'm super happy, super uplifted, thanks to the books and the writing and thanks to the fact that I got on a path and I was happy to go on. But uh, yeah, I found uh, that all took, it, it took each time, it took, it took to really reach the bottom to be able to, you know, to just say it, um, like push myself off that bottom and to rise back up to the top. Right. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes we need, it takes for us to get to that point before we, we take that leap and decide, okay, this is enough. I've got to do something here for sure. Absolutely. So you talked about the book and you talked about also, um, you know, how you tapped into your body to improve your health. So I'm sure that there are people out there wondering, first of all, how they get their hands on the book, but maybe also, um, you know, really what, what the book is about, what, what can they expect if they pick up, if they go on to Amazon or wherever the book is and, and grab it, what can they expect? Um, this is a great question. Not that I want to, you don't have to go there. I don't want to promote my book, but what I want to promote the one thing that one message in my book is the book is about the love. It's truly about the unconditional love you have to your body. And it's, uh, it's in a way is um, a manual how to be able to love yourself, no matter what your body gives you. And it's a different approach. It's a very different approach than what um, other people have. And if I could actually uh, leave one message and I could give your audience, all these wonderful people listening, something, I would say that the way how I look at my body, and this was, a, this was like, this was the revelation. This is how I approach my body. I don't look at it as myself. And I don't look at it as like I am, like I, I am my soul. I'm, I'm the entity that resides within this body. And I owe my existence on this planet, the fact that my body is alive. And I realized that at any point, no matter how sick I was and, and no matter how anyone, and this is like what I tell anybody, it doesn't matter whatever was your health issues you ever had in your life you as your soul may have given up on your body, but your body didn't give up on you. If your body gave up on you, you wouldn't be here alive today. So it means your body is always, no matter what, your body is there for you. And it does its best because at its functions, it really does. But it's a lot of times it's actually us who are not listening. It's us who are not allowing your body to, our own body to give up what the body has to say. And we're not there as a listener. And uh, what I try to say, and, and the way also how, how it is easier to look at your own body is that I portray my body as a, as a farm. The truth is that your body, out of its all cells, only 10% of your cells are actually human cells. 
The reason why you see yourself in a mirror is that human cells are much bigger than all these microbes, the, this, you know, this bacteria and viruses and fungi and everything else that lives on your body. It's actually 90% of your cells are not human, are something else. And so your body just provides this huge, huge farm that is basically farmed and groomed by all these other creatures that extract vitamins. They make our immune system. It's not the human that has human. That when you get ill, it's not you. It's not actually your human cells that actually heals you. It's all these other things, all these other little creatures that actually like, and I like to look at them as creatures. Like you can just go like bacteria, but it doesn't sound so cool. So like, if you like once, like give yourself the point of a view that like, you just like, you're just this big giant farm and you're the farmer, you as a soul, you have the ultimate hell. And so imagine your body as a farm and Imagine that you go there and every day you got to go and you got to check in. If you have a chicken, so you got to check in. You have to make sure they have food and water and they'll give you eggs and they'll be ex excellent providers for you. But you have to be the first one who takes care of them well. So you in your mind, you have to kind of check in within yourself and, um, and ask your body basically and just go like, hey, I'm here. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sorry if I ever messed up, but I'm here and I love you, and I'm here to support you, and whatever you need, and if, if you're ill, if you have any issues, it just means that your body is just really, really working hard to try to heal itself, and it's just trying to scream and tell you what is the issue, and if you just are able to go within, and you're able to love your body as, as this farm, and you Stop looking at yourself as, a, as that that's you and start looking at it that this is a, a team effort. This is an amazingly huge team effort. We have 10,000 different species living on us. And that's huge. That's a, that's a 10,000 different, you know, different things. You have different bacteria that live on top of your skin, different bacteria lives inside your lungs, uh, you know, and you know, not to even talk about your entire gut system that has brain on its own and has mm -hmm. a huge amount of neurons and functions there like a brain and it's a huge operating system. So, um, so once I was able to actually look at my body as like something else as a farm, you start to look, I started to look, to be able to love it in a way that you are able to love your child even through no matter, you know, like you love your child and it doesn't matter if your kid has uh, funky ears or cricket teeth or it's chubby or no, or has any kind of issue because you just love it. It's, uh, and it's much easier for us to love someone else a lot of times than it is to love our own self. We are much more harder on ourselves than we are on someone secondary. And the moment you start to look at your body as, it's not you and you start to look at your body that it's this beautiful, this beautiful, amazing team effort that keeps your soul alive. And thanks to it, you are here no matter whatever is your health issue. And you're grateful for that. And you're grateful for this amazing team effort of these 10,000 species that are on and within you. Um, the entire look shifts. And once your entire look shifts, your body starts responding in a completely different way back to you. 
That makes sense? Yes, very interesting. Very interesting way to, to look at that. So earlier you mentioned that you have a free gift for the listeners. I'd love that. Yes, I have um, with my book, what I give is a meditation. So I would love to, and it's a, it's a very specific meditation. It's actually not spoken. And one of the things that I teach in my book, like you have to be able to accept yourself in whatever essence you are. So I have a meditation that it's actually written and that I would like um, the people to record themselves and actually adjust because there are things within the meditation that could be adjusted. Like, for example, I have that like that as my movement, my movement of choice is dancing because that brings happiness. And everybody has some different movement. People should not do the, uh, you know, like if you would put me on a basketball team, I would never ever be happy, but I would always be happy dancing. <laughs> and for someone else, this can be different. And so you got to find these places that like create your body happy. And so I have this meditation that it's actually, it's a downloadable meditation and it's written that everybody should just, um, if you download it, you should just uh, record it for yourself with your own voice. And um, that's part of, to me, this is the part of the acceptance is to being able to accept how we sound because I hear that with a lot of people, they say like, you know, but I don't really like my voice. And I say like, but that's the whole, the whole shebang comes with your voice. <laughs> it's not just that. And it's the practice. Also, if you record it, it's also the practice of being, of learning how to speak really calmly and really nicely in soothing and loving tone to yourself. So it's a meditation you can download, you can record for yourself. Um, because so that you can adjust it a little bit, because then if you have like somewhere, some issues, I don't know, something aches you, you can really spend in, in the meditation within itself a little, say a little bit more towards that part of the body. But it's a basically a meditation that puts you inside your body and goes through your entire body that you get to go through your whole body and think and talk and allow your body to come bring you the information that your body has for you and you can bring the love that you have for your body. Great. And where do they go to get that? I would, uh, I will send you the link um, to the, uh, to the meditation. So you can, uh, if you can post it somewhere, that would be awesome. Um, but you can also go to um, www hearyourbodywhisper.leadpages.co forward slash meditation. It's kind of long. So it's ah. hearyourbodywhisper.leadpages.co forward slash meditation. And uh, I would be more than happy if you can link it with uh, the description of the, um, the podcast. So the people could hopefully <laughs> click on it if they don't get it from here. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being on today. I loved hearing your story and I know that the audience will as well. If they want to hang out with you and find you online, where do they find you? 
Well, um, they can find me and contact me through my website, which is just my name. It's www.otakarakletki.com. Um, they can find my books on Amazon or on Audible. I have audiobooks, and uh, they can find me on Facebook. I have the regular and author pages. So um, if anybody wants to contact me, that's a, that's an easy way to message me is through a Facebook uh, messenger. I'm pretty good about responding to people there. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. And so glad to have the opportunity to talk to you and hear your story. And I'm sure I will see you around on Facebook. Thank you so much. It was fantastic to be here. And thank you for allowing me to share this story. I'm very grateful for the opportunity and uh, being able to get to know you and the audience and being able to be here. Great. And to the audience, thank you so much for listening to another episode. I will see you in the next one. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you found some inspiration from today's episode. If you would like to find me and check me out, you can head over to SuzanneProxa.com or if you are a female entrepreneur who is purpose-driven, head over to my Facebook group at fempreneurs.biz. Thank you so much for listening today, and I will see you in the next episode.